Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Oh, hello. So world starts getting me down and people are just too much for me to face. Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Song of the day. I climb really the record of the day is the Best of the, the Drifters. And, all my and this is up on the roof. Right into space. Joining me this evening because Troy has got a health issue, something with his back. It's terrible. So Mondays with Troy will be postponed in the near future. So tonight is Seth Spotlow. Hey, man. Oh, hi. There he is. Hey, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I turned on the wrong damn mic. Oh, okay. Um, I'm pretty good, man. You're good. Okay. How are you doing today? Better. After... Mm, three or four days with the flu. Like, I slept all day Thursday and Friday. Bet you did. But then Saturday, I was feeling good enough, and I picked up this record. And we had it going, and I had a 4K fire on my television. Just a fireplace for two hours. So it was like we had a fire, no heat being given off it, of course. But it just was peaceful. We were listening to music, hanging out, chatting. Watching the Yuletide log. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it's it's been a good few days, despite being sick. There's something about resetting my batteries, where I um, was able to listen back to some old shows, able to uh, do some heavy reading I've been wanting to do, and also watch some old movies. Ooh, would you watch? Well, first, and this one is such a postmodern movie, doesn't really speak to any, I think, deeper longings. It's very modern. In that sense, uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, love it. Paul Verhoeven's film, uh, adopted from a Robert Heinlein novel. And it's very different than the novel. But I love how uh, how campy that movie is on purpose. And it was awesome when it came out in, like, 97? Yeah. 98, something like well, that? Well, and the CGI still holds up. And that was, I mean, that was the beginning of CGI. Well, apparently it took them a long time to make that movie. And that's why the CGI holds up, is because they had graphic artists doing every little, you know, with the bugs and, you know, the scene where they're at the compound and it's like a huge swarm or wave of the bugs coming at them. And you see all the little dust, you know, pop-ups from the feet of the bugs hitting the ground. They actually had to, each artist did those individual things. That's a lot. So it's, it's I mean, it, you can tell it's old CGI, but it really holds up. Same way, like... The first Jurassic Park, I oh, think, holds up pretty damn well. Independence Day. Independence Day, too, yeah. There's a um, there's a new one. Uh, um, uh, Starship Troopers came out. The whole thing is CGI. Really? Yeah, it's uh, brand new. I've seen the previews on a couple movies. And then I saw earlier today they're coming out with a Friends movie. Oh, no, that's a terrible idea. I, yeah, I don't know about that. Though, Matt LeBlanc, 
Joey. He just that dude smirk makes me laugh. And yeah, he was great, man. But uh, I, I saw that apparently it makes me hate our generation, the millennial generation. Apparently, is what we're called. I think that's you. I think I'm above that. You're just like, a little bit above it. I'm a little. It above starts that. in 1984. Woohoo! I was born in '83. '83. Yeah. So you're what a Gen Xer? I, guess. I, I believe so. Can you can you kick around a mean hacky, sir? Yes, I can. Nice. Yeah, and I got chucks on. Nice. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, across the generations, but I saw, and this might not even be millennials. It might be Generation Z or whatever they're going to call the folks even younger. But uh, people going back and watching Friends on Netflix, and. Oh my God! They're fat shaming Monica. Oh my God! Look how homophobic Chandler is. Oh my God! Oh, look at all these terrible things. Rachel hires a guy just because she thinks he's cute. That's sexual harassment in the workplace. Like, really? It's a sitcom, and you go back and you watch these old sitcoms. They're not because they had to come out every week. They're not always remarkable shows. But, you know, I can put on Friends, and I can enjoy it. There are a few episodes that I love, I'll always go back to. And you're like, okay. I, and the reason people like it is because it does get solved in 30 minutes. Life, it, it isn't an uh, accurate portrayal of life. That's not what I'm going for when I want to watch a sitcom. It's a sitcom. Right. Sit down and laugh. Right. If you got the laugh track, you got the laugh in a box. I mean, yeah. Well, they had a live audience. So. Really? Yeah, I think oh. they did the show. They recorded it in front of an audience. Huh. So I'm, I'm just sitting here going, man, I, what is happening to my so-called generation, those younger? It reminds me of something Doug Stanhope said in one of his sets where uh, he said this is going to be the first generation. Because usually it's like parents going, oh, don't that Elvis shaking his hips that way. Oh, no, that Led Zeppelin with their <laughs> devil music. Oh, what in the world is going on with Madonna and Prince and blah? And, but this is going to be, Generation X is going to be the first generation and say it like an old home where they're going, man, kids these days are such squares. <laughs> we used to drink and drive and do drugs, and these kids these days are all put together. They haven't lived life. Too many feelers. Well, and it would be one thing, and I think this is happening, where if younger people really get their stuff together, get their craft together, uh, where they're, you know, maybe forming families or they're they're being good parents or they're you know doing great things in commercial society or creating great art and reconnecting the community in different ways that's wonderful but if it's going to be this new puritanism this new victorianism where everything everybody does oh how dare you offend somebody oh that is a i will fight that tooth and nail man and it seems like that's what it's coming to I hope it isn't. I mean, I, like you were saying about Friends, how it was then and what it is now, you just can't do it. Like Married with Children, <laughs> back then you watched some of that, and the stuff that they put on there then oh, would yeah. never fly now. Well, but here's the thing. Like with Friends, Chandler, is const a constant theme of that show is Chandler, people think he's gay. That's one whole episode. But his dad, played by Kathleen Turner in one episode, hysterically, is a drag show queen who works at a place in Vegas called Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> and the, the thing is, the co-creator, one of the co-creators of Friends, David Crane, is gay. So he was, he was self-hating at the time. I mean, folks, 
there's something about life in general, gay or straight, whatever race. I mean, there's life can be funny and awkward, and that's what they're trying to capture in that show. If you're raised by a mom who's, you know, having a fling with the pool boy, more yams, Mr. Chandler, <laughs> and your father is very, very gay, you're probably going to have a funny life, especially when it comes to dating. I mean, who knows? It's There's all sorts of stories that can come out of that. No, but everything has to fit this certain rule of, oh, these are the correct opinions to hold. Oh, get out of here with that crap. Shove it up your ass. It's terrible, man. Yeah. It's, it's bad. It's bad. But <laughs> I went back and all, another movie I watched this weekend was, uh, and it made me think of this question I asked you before you came on the show, but one of my childhood favorites, and especially my roommate Andrew's childhood favorites, a fantastic movie, The Sandlot. Oh, yeah. The Sandlot is so, so good. Little Rascals for the 90s. Little Rascals, great. Little Giants. Remember Little Giants at all? Remember Little Monsters? Yeah. Uh, I do. I don't remember Little Giants. Oh, Little Giants was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Little Big League. All these movies starting with Little. <laughs> where I, the guy ends up owning the, one of the team. I think the twins. He owns the team. His grandfather gives it to him or something like that. Uh, and then there's angels in the outfield. Yeah, the one where the kid breaks his arm and, yeah. and he can throw really fast. That one is <laughs> awesome. And Gary Busey's in that movie. Oh, man. He's the, he's the pitcher. Um, but yeah, The Sandlot is such a good movie. Like, it's a phenomenal kid's movie. I liked it when I was a kid. But going back and watching it with my 29-year-old eyes, I still enjoyed myself. I maybe got a little more deeper meanings out of it. Like, there's the hero. Benny the Jet Rodriguez. And he really is a hero. He takes his kid who's a fish out of water, who has no friends in town. He's not even close. He's still, he's a fish out of water in his own home because he's not close to his new stepdad. And he's just trying to find his way in the world. His mom's like, haven't you made any friends yet? He's like, no, I'm just an egghead, mom. And he really is. Like, he's so awkward. He can't even throw a damn baseball. But the hero, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, takes it upon himself to help this kid. You don't have a glove? Here's a glove. Yeah, I know everybody's mocking, laughing at you because you don't know who the, the great Bambino is. You don't know who, who the Colossus of Clout is. You don't know who Babe Ruth is. You you know, you know can't even hit a ball. You're just awkward. You're The baseball cap you're wearing, the bill is like two feet long. It's a fishing <laughs> hat, not a ball cap. Like, But the guy takes it upon himself to help him. And then you get all the little tricksters in the movie, like Squints Paladoris, who, folks, little m moment here, and excuse me for, it's not weird, it's just normal. When my first sex symbol on screen was the lifeguard in that movie, and she was the sex symbol for the boys in the movie, Wendy Peppercorn. <laughs> You're making me want to go back and watch it. Wendy so Peppercorn. Long. He kissed a woman that day. He kissed her long and hard and good. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's such a great coming-of-age story. It takes a, a true American pastime in baseball. It's not really about the baseball. It's about all the stories these kids go through. And there's the element of the unknown, the monster, like the dog next door, the beast. Oh, I remember. There's so much in that movie that's fantastic. But it made me think, because you and your daughter, Rose, mm -hmm. yes, uh, you are, I imagine, showing her some movies. 
She's three. She's one and a half. One and a half. I yeah. keep thinking she's older for some reason. I just I spend a lot of time with her and I talk to her and she's she's ahead of the game. So what are you looking forward to sharing with her as she goes through the stages of childhood, like m- movies, music? Just okay. So um, right now uh, she. I, I listen to uh, heavier music, industrial stuff from the 90s, Alice okay. in Chains and Tool and stuff like that. She loves Slipknot. Already? Yeah, I, I didn't get it, but I put it on, and she was back there headbanging. Wow. Yeah, and old baby mama texted me and was like, did you teach Rose how to headbang? And I was like, why? She was like, I gave her a Frito, and she went nuts. <laughs> well, oh, wow. We went to... Um, the, the movie rack yesterday, it, uh, I, that's what I do on my, my weekends. I rent a bunch of movies. I get two, and I watch them and take them back. So I go in there, and I let her... I mean, I try to let her pick something out, and she doesn't want to see anything. She doesn't care. She's one and a half. But My Little Pony movie came out. Oh. Uh, so I point, I was like, all right. Hey, Rose, look at this. She picked it up and went... <gasps> Immediately it hit her. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, she just pointed on that little horsey. And I was like, horsey! And she was just so happy. And we got home, and she watched, like, a minute and a half of it. <laughs> but it was background music, so I watched My Little Pony three times. Yeah. And uh, that, and what else have I been watching with her? Um, Looney Tunes. Original Looney Tunes. Original Looney Tunes. Yeah, with uh, Bugs and Elmer yeah. and Daffy and, man. I love Roadrunner. Oh, yes. Coyote. Oh, yeah. He always loses. Always. He's such a fool. Yeah, it's just, that's how life is sometimes. That's what you get for keeping buying products from the Acme company. Yeah, exactly. It's going to screw up, You man. can't chase that Roadrunner and expect to win. Except but for that one time. Why is it that even now... Those are entertaining. You know how it's going to end, but you're just like, how's he going to screw up this time? <laughs> you're just waiting for the screw up. Oh, it's it's endearing, and I don't I don't know. I I just imagine there are things like for any parent near and dear to your heart. You're like, oh, I can't wait to share this. Maybe I can't share that particular thing yet. They won't understand it or whatever. But it's it's got to be exciting to be like, ooh, it's not like I want to indoctrinate this child. It's like, but here's something I love. I hope you love it, too. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm like, hey, check this out. I like it. What do you think about it? And sometimes she'll sit there and check it out with me. Sometimes she doesn't care. I'm not going to force anything on her, but I'm going to give her the choice. Hmm. And, I mean, I, I love horror movies and scary stuff. And, yeah. and she loves her little Jason mask. She has a Jason mask that she'll put on, and like somebody gave her this little plastic Mickey Mouse hatchet, and I took some model paint and put some red on it so it looks like blood. <laughs> She's got this Jason mask and a hatchet. <laughs> I am, I'm creating a, a weird little kid. <laughs> yeah, well, they become they become versions of us, like I'd imagine. Oh yeah, she she says stuff. I mean, just like me. Her first word was hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> right, right. Well, and. I don't know. I've been thinking about stages of life. Like I was reading about this the other uh, on Saturday and Sunday about the stages that people go through in life, and often a lot of our troubles come from not accepting you're in a new stage. And the rules you learn, say, in the spring of your life and childhood, 
they're not going to apply in the sum of your life, your late adolescence into becoming a full-fledged adult. And when you're successful in your 30s and 40s, when you start turning 50-something, maybe the kids have left the house, maybe the marriage didn't work out, whatever it is, the rules you learn when you were like really in your prime aren't going to work for you in your 50s and 60s. And then even then, when you're going through all that, you have to accept the winter of your life at some point. Yeah. And each one has a different role. Each one has kind of a different purpose. And if you, you know, if I've done this, and I think a lot of people in the millennial generation are going through this, is they want to be adults, but it's like childhood has been encouraged to go longer and longer and longer. Now, 24. Right. Well, longer than that, I think, even. Yeah, I heard him saying something earlier that, what is it, it um, uh, it's now it's 18, but it's turning to 24 when you're an adult. Right. That's insane. Well, what is it, 25 before you can pay them go on a cruise or rent a car? Ooh, I, yeah, I think it's something like that. 24, 25, something like that. And then, like, when you hit 27, your insurance goes down. Yeah. And uh, Yeah, I was, I was amazed. But, you know, you love horror movies. Oh, love them. And any horror fans, but in particular the one franchise. I mentioned to you that I do really like the Evil Dead series. Oh, yes, thank you. Now, have you watched any of... The I believe it's a Stars show. Yes, I have. Ash vs. Evil Dead. I have season one. Okay, I we just finished season two, and oh. season three is coming out soon. Oh. But folks, if you like the Evil Dead movies, this is a hot tip. Hot, hot. The Ash vs. the Evil Dead. It's it's campy gore and really dirty humor, but it's just it takes some of the how horror movies can be pretentious. I love how this is just like, no, this is a rock and roll fun time. He is the best. He, he is the best bad guy killer ever. Because, I mean, you think he's some kind of big loser that works at Walmart, you know, yeah. and then all of a sudden, Mr. Bad comes walking out, you know, with he's his little sawed-off shotgun. savior of mankind. Yeah, and his, his uh, chainsaw hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's genius. And I don't know why it's so entertaining for me, but it is. It's like, well, you know he's going to fight a demon. There's going to be a lot of blood and guts. Some of them get really nasty. We can't mention on air. Way too much blood. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of pink and looks like Kool-Aid, but it's right, great. Right. Yeah, I mean, totally worth it. So, I'm, I mean, it. I've been going through this process of, like, revisiting childhood things. Not to, like, live and stay in childhood, but... Just to re-examine where I am in life. Like, oh, let's... These things influenced me. They're like references I kind of always remember, and I hope other people know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you go back and watch them and see how things have changed. And some movies do not hold up at all. It's like, man, I really romanticized that in my head. Like what? Uh, like, uh, what is it? Oh, Surf Ninjas. <laughs> Surf Ninjas. Terrible. Surf Ninjas. You remember Three Ninjas? Yeah. Three yeah. Ninjas Strike Back yeah. and then Three Ninjas Again. The, the Ernest movies. Oh, my. Those, uh, as a kid, those were the funniest freaking movies. I, I loved... Ernest goes to camp. Ernest, Ernest goes Ernest, to jail. And Halloween. <laughs> and like I loved them. Now I watch them go, what in the world? That guy made money? And I mean, back then I remember being like, man, this is so corny, but I love it. And now I don't want to watch it because if I knew they were corny back then, now I'm just not going to be able to sit through it. So some stuff doesn't hold up at all. 
yesterday during my movie trips, I uh, went to the movie store, and of course, the lady met, lets her kid hang out there. He's 11, and I mean, he's a good kid. He'll talk to me. You know, if you'll talk to me, I'll have a conversation with him, even though he's 11. Right. I said, pick a movie out for me. So he's like, oh, what do you like? I said, well, you like horror? I said, yeah. He went over and picked up Hatchet. And I was like, oh, nope, already seen that one. Pick up another one. So he went over and he just picked one. And I said, all right, I'll watch it. So I went home and I put it in and it was terrible. It was just terrible. It started off with an old lady in a nightgown brushing her hair. And the, the credits were in the beginning of the movie, which nowadays that shows you bad and the... It just, it was terrible. So I popped it out and I went back up there and I said, kid, this is horrible. <laughs> I know he's 11, but I still told him it was terrible. This is not a good film. Yeah, I was like, kid, this is bad. Don't ever tell anybody to watch this no, again. Uh, what is it? Um, the one that Franco, James Franco just made a movie, The Disaster Artist oh. or whatever, mm -hmm. in The Room. All right. The Room is a terrible movie, but because it's so bad... Like, people don't speak how people sh sh speak. I mean, just the acting is awful. The plot makes no sense. But that movie has a huge cult following. Wasn't it made a long time ago? Not too long ago, but yeah. But it took a while for it to come out. Yeah, and people will flock to it. Like, they'll show it in little theaters in different cities around the country, and people will flock together. It's almost become like a Rocky Horror Picture Show. And at least I think Rocky Horror Picture Show has some something more to it. The room is just bad. But because it's so bad, every it's created this almost cult mentality around it. And it's, people like being able to share that experience of like, oh, you've watched this really bad thing. Let's watch it again together and laugh at this thing. And that's how Evil Dead got started. Yeah. Because the original Evil Dead was made in the early 80s in the woods of Tennessee and they tried to be serious with this movie and it just, I mean, it was not a good, serious movie. So when they did part two, like four or five years later, they did the same thing with the same plot. It's part two, but it's really just a remake of the first one where but they made it funny. And more campy, yeah. Yes. Oh. They were self-aware. Yes. And it, it's fantastic. And it's it a lot of fun. Great. You know, I I love it. And, you know, I, I look back, though, on these children's movies. I'm like, why do certain ones really hold up? Like, Sandlot is still, it's just a great movie for anybody of any age. Why do those types of movies, like, Cool Runnings is also a great oh. movie. Still holds up. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 2. Part 2. Yeah, I remember Part that. Part 2. Yeah. But, I don't know, you're breaking the mold a little bit with that mm -hmm. one. But I think the really good ones hold up because they, no matter what age you are, you can see who's the hero. Who's the bad guy. Whether it's a clear villain or it's kind of an unknown world or an unknown fort. It could be like in the Sandlot, the Beast. But when you have these journeys that people go through, uh, whether, you know, it could be an athletic journey like in Cool Runnings, and it could be, you know, like, okay, I'm a fish out of water like in the Sandlot, and I, you really come to your own. You make friends. You uh, learn how life, especially as a kid, you learn that being a bit of a trickster and being able to uh, mess with people is actually very healthy for you. Teasing, today it would be called bullying. <laughs> and there is outright very cruel bullying in this world, no doubt. But often a lot of kids tease the hell out of each other and that's because they're friends. They're trying to get a rise out of you. 
And that's what it's about. It, it gives you a thick skin. Yeah. And it, it just makes you who you are. You got to get picked on a little bit, you know? Yeah. And nowadays, they're just unacceptable. And everybody's so sensitive. They are. And it's like if I try to let somebody meet my mom, I have to warn them. I'm like, don't let her hurt your feelings. She's mean. <laughs> we're funny, but we're straightforward. So don't cry. <laughs> well, and here, let's go to the phones because, and this is where it went wrong last time. Uh -oh. Really went off the rails. All right. Let's see if this is somebody pleased or not. New stock here on the air. Who's this? Hey, it's Courtney. Hey, Courtney. How you doing? Hey, good. How are you? Uh, wonderful. I'm happy not to be sick any longer. But I'm yeah, a little nostalgic you're, tonight. You sound better. <laughs> oh, thank you. I wanted to bring something. You were talking about the movies that you can, you know, go back and you. I loved this movie as a kid. Like I could not get enough of it, but I actually tried to go back as an adult and watch it. And I maybe got twenty minutes into it, and that was Howard the Duck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> as a kid, you probably didn't realize how influenced by cocaine it was. <laughs> Thank you. And like, there was so perverted and so like. <laughs> Pornographic yeah. for a duck. Really? Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to watch that one again. <laughs> I loved it as a kid, though. Like, I could not get enough of it. But when I watched it, like, maybe a year ago, I made it through maybe 20 minutes. And I was like, really? What in the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> well, I and it makes you go, wait, this influenced me as a child? And <laughs> now that I think about it, I, I'm like, well, all these other ducks don't have pants on. I'm like, what? <laughs> Did Howard. No, Howard did not have pants. No. What's up? If you're well, a duck, you don't have to wear I, pants. He, he did have some pants, like sometimes in the movie, and his little tail stuck out of the back of it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's But great. there was many times that he took those pants off, so he actually did not wear pants a lot in the movie. It was ridiculous. Wow. So I just had to bring that up because nobody ever remembers Howard the Duck, and I was a huge Howard the Duck fan. That's awesome. I have a lot of friends that love that. One of the old comics from Auburn, yeah. his name was Scott Howard. And always, it made me think of Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah, and Troy is actually a big fan of Howard the Duck. He watched that a lot as a kid. And yeah, it's yeah, it, amazing. It was, it was great, but it's horrible now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank Courtney, you. thank you for that memory. You're welcome. All right, have a good day. And uh, I hope this show becomes something, you know, where we can talk about the the common things in life. Whether it's, you know, great old movies, revisiting the stuff we thought was awesome as kids, and now you grow up and go, oh, Lord, we really did grow up. Or maybe this show's going to be like The Room. It's so bad, people must listen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell people I'll come and hang out with you. And they're like, what? They give me that stank eye. And they're like, what do you talk about? And I'm like, whatever. Right now... I'm having a conversation with you and your two little buddies, and all you guys are focused on me. Yeah. I'm like, I do that. Right. Like, but thousands listening. Well. I mean, we're not in the tens of thousands. That's because we have the face for radio. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. Though I, uh, I don't know, I, I ask people what they like to talk about, and, you know, I've been going through this political identity crisis. And I started off this show thinking I'm going to be kind of your libertarian take on the news and events. And I've swayed from that because I am having a little bit of a political identity crisis. But, you know, this past weekend, I believe on Saturday, there was a women's march. And it was around mm -hmm. the nation, but it happened here in Montgomery, and they had a pretty good turnout. Oh, cool. And I'm looking at the, like, I don't have any ill will, but I'm looking at the signs and what people are saying, and I go, well, as far as my political identity is concerned, uh, I'm not one of them. <laughs> like, uh... 
I read this Facebook feed, and I, it's too long now to read on air, but Fifi posted it. Mm-hmm. And it was a woman at this rally, say, I th- she looked a little older, probably second wave feminist, saying trans women are not women. And there's like 500-something comments now where it is just this, these back and forth. And you know, like if you want to identify how you want to identify, fine. It's not really that much of a bother to me. But the fact that you have to say trans woman means it's a little different than, say, your biological woman. But they get into all this distinction about sex is one thing, you know, like your biology and then your gender is this performative social construct. I'm sitting here reading it and I get it. I was actually taught a lot of this stuff in college, but this is really what people are getting offended and arguing about right now. Like, that's just not I don't belong in that camp. Dude, you're dude, lady, you're lady, it's cool, man. Like, <laughs> see, but now you're like you're cisgendering them in this binary gender dynamic we've had for for centuries because we were Neanderthals until recently when the postmodernists started to, you know, run our lives. Man, if it keeps going it just, like this, I'm gonna get lost. It's just like I'm happy to listen and talk to anybody, but I'm like, well, I'm not that. I'm not the, No, I probably wouldn't be in the march for life either. I don't think the abortion issue is going to get solved with marches. There's a lot of envy for like the what the civil rights movement did correctly. I think there are a lot of movements since then that have wanted to recreate that type of spirit, like the marching and the demonstrations and the great speeches. Like, But you can't have all that with all the hate people have now. Well, it, in, in a way, it has to be or, really organic. And yes, there is a lot of resentment and hate that's driving our politics as opposed to sort of well it's what dr king was so good at it's what melson nelson mandela was you know in south africa it's understanding that when you have a system that's corrupt or a system that's unjust it's not about picking out the bad guys and saying screw you and to hell with you it's actually about getting everybody to the table to have a conversation of how am i being oppressed how are am i taking place in this where everybody can talk openly about how the system affects them without passing blame or guilt very quickly. Understanding that I wrote it in a song several years ago, the tyrant in you is the tyrant in me. That we all have the capacity to be a-holes and to be very oppressive and tyrannical to people in our lives. And if we can't see that, number one, by looking in the mirror, how are you ever going to understand when somebody else is doing something you don't like? You have to be able to step back and go, okay, we're all very capable of doing bad things, so let's have a discussion of what's actually hurting people. But then if everything becomes a matter of offense and the correct opinion, then it doesn't leave room for the discussion. And uh, it's crazy. What we were talking about earlier about the millennials, you know? I mean, if people keep going like this, you're never going to be able to have a conversation with somebody because the second you say something they don't like, they want to fight you. Yeah. And it's not, I came to a point where I'm like, it's not about winning an argument. I'm really done with that. Like, if I have to, if it's something really at stake for me personally, I'll stand up for myself and I'll argue all day long. But for the most part, I don't care about winning a political argument. I'm more interested in understanding where somebody's coming from. Now, I might have a moment where I'm like, that's just stupid shaving cream like I'll, I'll have i get in moods i have different personalities depending on my mood i mean i can be uncharitable not perfect but largely i'm done with like i have to win on this facebook comment section 
And it's amazing how simple questions can also be met with hostility and like, oh, you're part of them. The us or them mentality does not serve as well, but we got to hit a break here, man. Cool, man. And uh, I mentioned The Sandlot earlier. The music in that movie is fantastic. And one of the songs on that soundtrack is also on the Best of the Drifters album I picked mm. up this week. Song is, well, this magic moment. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Alongside me tonight, Seth Spotlow. Yeah. We'll be back right after this. Joey Clark. This magic moment. So different and so new was like any other. Until I kiss you. In the summer night Everything I want I have Whenever I hold you tight This magic moment While your lips are close to mine Will last forever Forever till the end of Listen to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. It just feels good to be back in the saddle. And on the news, uh, Republicans and Democrats still don't like one another. Oh, darn. They're throwing uncharitable criticisms at one another. It's almost like they're trying to jockey for an election coming up later this year. Uh-oh. It's shocking, I know. Though, I do have to say, I think the Democrats got beat with this shutdown. The shutdown politics of it all, I think they got beat. Uh, yeah, backfire on them. Which is a shame because I think there should be some uh, some solution for folks who were brought here, um, the so-called dreamers, DACA recipients. I mean, they don't know any other country. Where are you going to send them back to? You say send them back home. Well, it's not their home. And yeah. it's like at a certain point, uh, folks who aren't here uh, legally aren't necessarily the, causing us all our problems. And I think liberty at the end of the day, socially and economically, is what sets people free. But if you, it's what we were talking about off air. If you have a good basis, a good sound basis, uh, a, a, a shared culture and experience that goes back, you know, hundreds of years and kind of gave us the culture we have today, that tradition, then, yeah, you can... You can create new things on top of that. I think trying to change the culture root and branch um, 
is perilous, very perilous. It's like, I mean, you you said the root, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, where did everybody come from, you know? Everybody here, besides the Native Americans, <coughs> right. me, you know, <laughs> came from Europe over here. Yeah. You know, and so they came from somewhere over here, and hopefully they're not going to kill everybody like they did to my people you know <laughs> <laughs> well, and no. you know and I, I don't know why people get offended by that conversation because it's just fact i mean a lot of it was it wasn't it diseases and oh yeah dirty thing, blankets yeah it was things just the indians didn't have any protection against biologically speaking yeah and they they uh uh Native Call Americans. I thank see, I, you, thank you. Dot and a fe- or feather, not dot. Yeah, I know. I still <laughs> use the term, but I grew up with like it's it's cowboys and Indians, it's yeah. pilgrims and Indians on Thanksgiving, and then it's like, well, it's Native American. Okay, I'll I'll use Native oh, American. Man, you should see my mom, dude. Her house looks like a Cherokee threw up in it everywhere. See, but then I was part of a group called Indian Guides. The, you know, the Boy Scouts? Oh. The Indian Guides. Oh. No, and I remember I I was fascinated by dream catchers. Oh, I love them. I love them. They're, number one, beautiful. But the, the whole idea around them, that it's some, it like protects you from evil spirits and the it, nightmare. And it, uh, when you go to sleep, the the dream catcher's got that net. Yeah. And your, your dreams go through it, and it catches all the bad stuff, and it kind of filters it out yeah and i i went to my um my insurance guy gene jones and uh he's a big uh, uh arrowhead collector got three hundred thousand yeah. arrowheads and i mean this huge building full of native american stuff and i said hey man nice mandela you got hanging there he's like what's that he thought it was a dream catcher Oh. oh, Mandela looks like a dream catcher, but it's not. It doesn't have that net in there. Right. So the next time you're somewhere and you see something looks like a dream catcher and it doesn't have that net. It has to have the mesh. In yeah, the, the mat, that little net that you see yeah. is what makes it a dream catcher. Otherwise, cool. if it's got the big fuzzy things hanging down, it's probably a Mandela. Hmm. For some reason, I've always associated dream catchers with, and it was because I watched Wayne's World as a fairly young kid, where he sees... The the love interest it was her name Cassandra maybe or uh, that was part two she's in both oh okay and but he sees her at the bar and it goes into the what is it Gary Wright ooh dream weaver <laughs> I believe you get me through the night I was thinking uh, Garth <laughs> <laughs> Foxy Lady. I, I think I love you. <laughs> <laughs> that is such that seed is is so good. Uh, whatever happened to Dana Carvey? His last stand up special wasn't bad. I, I came out last year. Good. It wasn't bad. Um, it wasn't incredible, but it was. It's a shame he went off the rails with Master of Disguise. That uh, movie of his. It was supposed to be a kids movie, and even as a kid, I'm like, this is crap. Like, mm, the previews were so bad, I didn't even watch it. This is yeah, not good. Well, let's go to the phones and talk to cool. Debbie. Hey, Debbie, what's up? Hi, uh, I'm going to tell you a quick movie, but I wanted to talk about something else. Mad Max. Oh I went yeah. And saw that at the theater. I couldn't hardly stand watching it, which, and I could not understand why it was so popular. But everybody loved that. You're movie, talking about the original right? one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Ro- I actually saw the original in the theater. Ro- uh, Road Warrior. Yeah. Is that what you're mm-hmm. talking about? Or wasn't yep. Mad Max Part Two and then Thunderdome was three? No, n- no, no. It was the first one. Yep. Okay, Road Warriors but- Two. Oh, so it's Mad Max, Road Warrior, and then Thunderdome. Mm. 
Right. It was Mad Max. Oh. But it was just the worst. And I'm sitting there thinking, how in the world is anybody getting into this? And then they made two more. Oh, oh my God. It has a seven <laughs> on IMDb. Really? Yeah. Oh, Did you like God. the second one any better than the first one? I didn't like any of them. Oh. <laughs> I didn't like any of them. So you probably all. don't like Lethal Weapon either. I did. Oh, you did it. like Okay, same director. Yes. Best I, Christmas I get... movie ever. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love Die Hard. Is. Gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> Die Hard was fine. Gremlin was fine. It was something about the Mad Max did not do well, well some, for me at some all. Some folks like that post-apocalyptic world. Like, what would you I do guess. in those circumstances? Like Dune or something. <laughs> well, remember Dune with the big worms? Dune was good. Dune is, is great. Yeah. No, I did actually watch that one, but um, it was it was not my favorite, but I could handle that one. But Mad Max, Dune. <laughs> well, anyway, other than the movies you didn't like, what what's on your mind? Well, I was just going to say, you were talking about having an identity crisis. Well, yeah. I finally figured out I am very different from most anybody I know. And I just found that, um, and I, I knew this all my life, because I've, just, I've always been pointed out as being the oddball. So it's nothing new to me to be different. Mm -hmm. I think differently. I feel about things differently. But the one thing that I've learned is just to trust my instincts and understand that if I feel about something in a certain way, there's a reason. And I have to look and figure out what that reason is. So I do try to educate myself as to why I feel the way I do about things. When it comes to parties, right now, the way I feel, and, it, and I have not felt this way when I was younger. This is more recent. They are using our parties. Democrat versus Republican to divide the country. Yeah. And I found I, I, I find it very offensive. I really resent that that is the way they're using our parties now. Used to, it was to represent differences of opinions, but not anymore. This is an out-and-out -out war between the two. And when you have a party that almost entirely votes exactly the same way every bill, there's nobody that's different, nobody that's step out of that box something's real wrong you might as well just have robots up there and put a big d on them well i mean that has been what well, was under president obama there was they pretty much a the democrats were in lockstep but debbie there's a lot going on in the Democratic Party and on the left, where there's a lot of division going on in there. Uh, I got one. A lot of arguments. Barron would be proud of this. It's them dang old globalists. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But I, I, when I take those tests, I am on a split down the middle as a Republican and a, and a Democrat. I even yeah. have a little libertarian tendencies in there to top Good. it off. So I'm pretty well-rounded in my opinion. <laughs> And I don't mind walking down the center. And I resent when either one goes too extreme because I find it very harmful for the party and, and for our country as a whole. Yeah. So hopefully we'll stop the party issue. I'm so sick of hearing, you know, Democrat versus Republicans. I could scream. Just quit the party issue and just get on the page where you know you're working for people and you're representing their wishes. And go back to where it needs to be, where it used to be. So I feel for you. I understand. Yeah. The well, only time... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that I uh, my main frustration is I have a point of view 
uh, philosophically right. speaking, that I know the parties don't represent. That's one. But then the more distressing right. fact is even folks who I disagree with, I'd like to see them. They're not even talking to me. They're talking to each other, the Democrats and Republicans. I'd like to see them actually discuss issues and do it openly. Right. And everything now has tur been turned into a slogan. It's been turned into the matter of holding correct opinion. And this happens on the right as much as the left. It's not political correctness, okay. but you have to hold the correct opinions if you want to be you know, brought into the fold, as opposed to let's just have interesting discussions about mm -hmm. what's actually going on and troubling people in this world. And maybe let's also, and this is the libertarian in me, say that Politics isn't going to solve a lot of these issues, especially cultural issues. That right. If we try to solve these with political means, we're just going to make things much, much worse, especially well, if why. it's a federal solution. Right. That's why you should go back to states doing those kind of issues, because yeah. they're closer to the people, and it's going to be different according to the region you live in. But uh, I, I understand about that, too, because I do have a lot of opinions. Of course, I'm a very opinionated person. Um, of the way I think things should be, I don't really have anybody that represents my opinion very well. Rand Paul kind of gets close a lot of times. Yeah. But um, I, I just think the bottom line is if it's something that you know is detrimental to what you believe America's supposed to be, then you should speak up. Oh, yeah, and you speak the, the truth as you see it, but I, th mm -hmm. I worry there are often too many people that are speaking the truth they th they think they should say. They're not talking just What's for themselves. Um, right. And you need people to stand up on their own. And also say that even though you disagree, this isn't, uh, yo, you're such a moron. You're an idiot. Like, it, it devolves into right. these shouting matches. It often reminds me of, like, terrible relationships I've seen or been right. a part of. But, Debbie, I, thank you so much for the call. I, I think you're welcome. Have a, have a good night. You too. Now, you say, said, Seth, that you haven't, you don't consider yourself very politically sophisticated, or is it more you've thought about this and you're just tired of it, or where I are have, you coming from? I have no uh, knowledge on politics hmm. at, at all. I have, um, I don't say anything about it because I don't know anything enough to say about it. Right. And the little that I do know, I have learned from listening to the radio. And uh, I, I listen, and I make my own opinions, and I get what I can. I try to listen to Dan. I don't really understand half of what comes out of his mouth, kind of like Fifi. But <laughs> <laughs> I try, man. Talk about two extremes. Right yeah, there. man, I try. I really do. And, um, uh, yeah, and I love what she just said about the instinct thing, just following your gut. Yeah. And that's a, a rare thing with people. And um, they, they're saying what they think they should say instead of saying what their heart or gut tells them to. Well, and I'm, I'm coming back to this thing myself where I got into that. What's the right party line? Where is this what Republicans want to hear or Trump supporters want to hear? Or is this what libertarians want to hear or millennials want to hear? No, you're going to go wrong, I think, if that's... if. Packaging and public relations and propaganda is all you have. You have to be uniquely yourself. And I think where I stand at the end of the day, politically at least, is standing up for people's individual liberty. And by that I mean their basic dignity. People come in all types. And I think they all have something that's a spark of what makes everybody special. And there are some malevolent people out there, evil people out there. And I'm not naming any names, but you, some people are up to no damn good. 
and they, they're trying to destroy and manipulate. But I think anybody, no matter their perspective, they're coming from a genuine place where they honestly feel something, it, it should have more of a place in politics as opposed to the group think. And this goes beyond politics to what do you believe in at the end of the day? What is your faith, whether you're secular or not? What's the history you, you think that you're a part of? What's the future you want to help build? Uh, what sort of fostering of values and virtues you want in your own life? And we don't necessarily have to recreate the wheel. I'm kind of coming back to that. How can we empower individual people to speak their mind honestly, to admit? I love that you said, I don't talk about this because I don't know that stuff. Yeah. Wish more people took that advice because there's a lot of people talking to politics who don't know squat. Well, I, I don't. And I mean, you, you said uh, libertarians and all, uh, Republicans and Democrats. Right. And truthfully, I mean... Uh, I should be embarrassed to tell you this, but I'm not. I don't know what any of that is. Yeah. Not a single one of them. And I'm cool with it. Yeah. Because, you know, I just don't. Well, and there are more important things in life, like, you know, making friends and raising a family. And being a good person. Yeah. Now, think it for yourself. Question authority. Indeed. Well, Seth, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, man. This flies by every time. Man, I love it. Yeah, I'm me, so happy. Me too.